Welcome to the 176th edition of the Guna Podcast. This is your host, Kevin Witcher, and we are recording this on the Tuesday evening at the tail end of another international break, just under a week before Arsenal visit Sheffield United to resume their Premier League campaign. Before we start with the debate, the usual, albeit cursory, panel introductions. First up, one of our regulars... This evening, drinking sparkling water, it's hello to Mr David Udo. Evening all. Next up, another stalwart of the podcast panel, although making his first appearance so far this season. Drinking Beck's alcohol-free, because I couldn't find him any aloe vera juice. <laughs> it's good evening to Mr Emmanuel Mustafa Goldstein. Go to the Arbent, and that was uh, a Bayern Munich accent, by the way. <laughs> and finally, an occasional but always welcome guest, and a regular contributor to the Guna at least before his PC gave up the ghost. <laughs> Drinking Diet Coke, it's a very warm welcome to Mr Bernard Dowling. Hello, and I must get a new PC. Yes, <laughs> indeed. We're missing your words of wisdom, Mr Dowling. So, um, so anyway, since we last recorded a podcast in September, we've had uh, five matches, four of them at home, one away. Uh, we've had four wins and a draw. And Arsenal are in third place, only a point behind Manchester City after eight matches of the Premier League campaign. Surely all is right with the world, gentlemen. We're right on track, aren't we? Shall I start? Feel free. I actually think we're not doing too badly at all. Uh, After eight games, as you say, we're third, a single point behind Man City. Um... And when you look at the eight games, uh, we've played Liverpool, the game of the uh, the team of the season uh, so far, uh, Tottenham, and Manchester United. The latter two, uh, everyone expected to be top four challengers, and I expect them still to be. To be third after that challenging start is not bad in my view at all. Uh, so I, th- I think we've done okay. The result and performance at Watford was awful. Um, but okay, forget that one if you can. And the rest of it, I think, you know, the football hasn't been exhilarating. We haven't been winning games 5 and 6 nil. But I don't think things are all that as bad as someone's social media make out. So a bit of optimism. Um, shared, gentlemen? For me, yeah. Um, <clears throat> it, it's not as bad as, as, as some of the performances look. Uh, Watford was a nightmare. There's, there's no running away from that. But it wasn't what Manchester City had against the mighty Nara in City. Um, are we playing well? No. But if you're playing as iffy as we are and overly reliant on one Gabonese superstar, uh, which we are... And still winning matches, that suggests that something's going okay. Is there a lot of improvement to come? Absolutely. But based on how we played, we deserve to be a lot lower than we are. But So I'm not going to argue with the league as it is at the moment. And certainly not the cup competitions, which are looking great. So are we brilliant um, uh, with a room for no improvement whatsoever? Absolutely not. Um, but we're, we're all right. Hey, we're not that lot up the road who are going through a nightmare. 
Yeah, uh, Mustafa Goldstein here. Yes, I think we. I'm very pleased with where we are. Obviously, um, we seem to be winning ugly. Uh, I mean, that last match was ugly at times. In fact, there've been a couple of the Villa game as well. The first half. Um, I mean, it was you know it was pretty unpleasant stuff. And yet we managed to pull out these these results. And I'm optimistic because. That's without Tierney, who's coming through, um, Bellerin coming back. I think the Chambers and Holding thing is very, very positive. Um, I'd like to see a kind of changing of the guard there. Uh, having watched some of the, uh, U- the, the European and League Cup matches, or the last two anyway, um, they were much more entertaining and, OK, the opposition was lesser uh, than, than Premiership opposition. But, I mean, Tierney, for me, is someone I can't wait to see uh, starting for Arsenal. And um, I think he just... What's so amazing about him is that he'll run up that left wing, he'll have a go, and he'll put the ball onto someone's foot. He'll, or at least a very dangerous cross into the danger area every time. And, you know, God bless them, but players like Maitland-Niles and Kalazanach, you know, they've been really struggling to get a crossing, you know, or get or any kind of penetration um, and so I th- I'm, I'm, yeah I think there's definitely um, we're looking at, you know we're far beyond where I thought we'd be this time this season um, albeit winning ugly and, and uh, I'm sure players like Shaka and things are going to be brought up um, are we going to discuss that sort of yes we'll get on to yeah. those yeah. But, I mean uh, you mentioned playing ugly um, it has been the case that for the last few years under Wenger Everybody was moaning that we weren't able to win ugly. No. Now we are, and yeah. people are still moaning. Oh, I'm, you know, moaning. I'm happy to. I'm happy to play ugly. Of course, you want to play beautiful yeah, football and course. win, but, but but you know uh, we can't all be. But, but thank God we've seen to have been doing less of this playing out from the back stuff that, yeah. because that was a real. I mean, that was that was yeah. an accident waiting to happen, and, and did probably. Uh, but I, I like you. I've been highly impressed with Tierney, but I think it'll be interesting to see when we're under pressure him play because how good a defender is he? Because, you know, when he signed... I, I haven't watched Celtic or Scotland for donkey's years. With all due respect, a good and defender at Celtic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't have to defend when you're at Celtic unless you're playing in Europe. You know, and I watched YouTube clips of him and, you know, they were all of him attacking, highly impressive, obviously, mm. but... I didn't get any impression or indication from the YouTube clips how good a defender he was. Well, this is ultimately it. I mean, we've already got um, some decent wing-backs. I mean, Kalasinac was taking on free transfer, A, because it was a free, and at the time, Wenger was uh, liking the 3-5-2. And Kalasinac as a wing-back, comes from getting to the byline and pulling it back for a forward. He's very, very good at that. Similarly, I mean, even though it's not his first choice, but the position playing on the right-hand side of Maitland, Niles would be good at that. But it's when you've got teams attacking you, when you've got Manchester City and Liverpool coming at you. I mean, we didn't have a, a chance before kick-off of the, the Anfield game this year. Um, but we, we knew that our defenders couldn't defend properly. But when each of our defensive members of staff <coughs> are fit and ready to go, I don't think we know what the first choice four are going to be, or indeed the two immediately in front of them. We've not had that yet. And even if we think, OK, it's going to be Bellerin and Tierney, but all we've spoken about, uh, as, as Bernard pointed out about a couple of seconds ago, we don't know if they, if they can defend as a unit. With a bit of coaching and the right thing, from what I've seen, um, obviously but we know Bellerin, we know what his strengths and weaknesses are, 
Um, but I, I, I do feel... I mean, I quite like the idea of holding Chambers, Bella and Tierney, and then maybe have Louise play in front of them, because he can pass the ball. He's not a great defender either, Louise, let's be honest. He's not like Mr. Tackler. He's great Tackler. back three. Um, but but, but he's, 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 in a way, I, I think he's much more... Uh, um, he pushes forward more and he passes forward more and he's more penetrative than someone like Shaka who just plays safe all the time. Um, I mean, they're very different players, obviously, but uh, yeah, I think there's something's got to give there. There's, there's work to be done in that area, defensive midfield and that, and that back too. Um, I don't know. What, what, I mean, what do you think is the, uh, the best way forward there? I mean, because what we've got now, it's still, I mean, so, poor Socrates is like, you know, he seems like his little legs aren't quite keeping up with it sometimes. Well, Borussia Dortmund weren't begging to keep him when we went to pay £18 million pounds for the 31-year-old last summer. Yeah. Um, was he 31 when we bought him? Well, he looked it. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he wasn't 25. He is not a little girl, as he says, which is great. He's tough and he's mean and he's like Mr Hard. But is he, a, is he you know, really what we want? Certainly not long-term, I don't think. I, I think he's a bit of a stop. Oh, no, yeah, he yeah. is a stop. Spoke for the bar. Don't forget Chambers me. has been coming through really well and Holding was looking pretty good too, albeit not against you know, top opposition. I'd like to give those two a chance to, to form a kind of Adams-Bold, Adams-Keown partnership. Well, based on the fixtures we've got up until, I think, our next difficult game is Manchester City, but that's going towards Christmas time. I mean, if he wants to experiment, he should try it now, as, with no disrespect to the opposition, but if you do have to use games to experiment in, these are the ones we should be using, because obviously Spurs, City or Liverpool away would, you know, just be sitting to the walls. Yeah, but, yeah, but the thing is that, look, they've, they've gone away on loan and come back, and they're a bit more experienced now. They're peaking, they're 24, 25, 26, I don't know how old they are. But they're in that, that area of their career. They are peaking. And, you know, the evidence is, I see with Chambers, you know, he's, he started two games. The two games he started, didn't concede, and then came on for Villa, saved the day. I mean, he's, he's turning into a, my kind of player. Really. Yeah, having said that, you can say that about Mustafi. He's played two games this season, and we, we haven't conceded a goal in either of them. Um, Longer term for central defence, I'll be interested to see how good this lad uh, from Saint Etienne is. Sadiba. Yeah, um, that's coming over for, uh, next season. Yeah, and, you know, maybe he's yeah, part of the. Well, he's, he's given the amount they've paid for him. I, yeah. would, I would say that he's they're definitely planning on him being a first choice. Yeah, I will mention here, because we've come into this subject area, a. Contribution from Facebook from Pradeep Kachala. Will the return stroke debut of our first choice right and left backs make the difference in our Premier League performances or are we overestimating the impact Bellerin and Tierney could have? Um, well, I think we've all covered that. To be seen and depending on who else plays. Um, although I do have um, a point to raise... Regarding Liverpool, uh, Man City uh, at home being our next difficult game. We're on an eight-game unbeaten run at this stage. Uh, last season, obviously, we had uh, 22 matches when, uh, at this time of year. Uh, we had that run. Now, before uh, our 22nd game in that run, were we to remain unbeaten, would be Man City mm. at home. But before that, we've got Liverpool away in the Carabao Cup. And we've also got to visit Leicester and West Ham. In theory, uh, looking at the table, potentially for difficult games. Do you think we're going to see another um, 
sequence like we did last season, or were we rather fortunate last season? It's not likely to happen again. I don't see a 22-game uh, unbeaten run. Uh, you know, uh, you mentioned Liverpool. Uh, uh, sorry, not Liverpool. Leicester and West Ham. Uh, they are difficult games. Um, you know, I think anybody can lose to Leicester in a one-off game. Um, West Ham, I don't rate as good as West Ham, uh, as good as Leicester. But uh, they are difficult games and I just, you know, I'll be absolutely astonished, albeit delighted, if we have another 22-game unbeaten run. Okay. Spoiler alert, but it's not going to happen. Right, <laughs> so basically, when do you think we're going to lose it? Oh, we're going to lose the Carabao Cup uh, game. But hang on, oh, a minute. Yes. hang on, I've got to say this. In the Carabao Cup, and remembering Liverpool are in Champions League, we're in Europa League, Liverpool traditionally put very poor teams out. Mm. So, yeah. you know, I know it's at Anfield, but there's an argument to say that our second choices may actually be better than theirs. They're, to save their face, or, or keep their face above ours, they won't play all three of the attacking three, but at least one of them will start, I would have thought. Well, I mean, if looking at our next fixtures, you know, uh, Sheffield United at Bramall Lane is, you know, yeah, that could go tits. <laughs> yeah. you can, I mean, it, the, the thing is, we're not like, we're not the Arsenal of, you know, we're going to turn up and we're the A-team and they're the kind of... Yeah. You know, uh, we're, but we did anyone, last season for a while. I know we did, but, you know, uh, watching the way we've played recently... We were playing uh, like that last season. <laughs> I know, but we, we can, you know, we can get, we'd be getting away with a bit, right? So, I mean, Palace at home, yeah, sure, you'd normally say that's a banker, right? But when Palace get a bit feisty, and the, I mean, just look at Villa. I mean, you know... Well, just look at Palace at home last season. Losing to Villa at half, you know, everyone was like, oh, God, you know, this is not <laughs> good, is it? I mean, and that, there's no reason a team like Palace or someone can't do that to us as well, when if we sort of, you know, show our not-so-sturdy side. You know, and then with Liverpool away, and then Wolves, you know, um, and then Leicester, and then Southampton... Well, OK, at home. These are all team games you should win. Right. Yeah. I mean, the fact But is... should, as we know, is a completely pointless thing when it comes to Arsenal because it depends on how we yeah. turn well, up. One could I argue mean, it applies to the whole Premier League with the exception of uh, exactly. Liverpool. I mean, well, if yeah. Norwich can beat Man City, anybody can beat Arsenal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, let's face it, we are turning into a glorified Scotland at the moment. Whereas you've got City and Liverpool and um, the likes of us being Hamilton academicals. That does remind me <coughs> of a question, actually, and you may not know the answer to this. I, need, I don't watch Scotland much either, but they've got these two left-backs, Tierney and uh, Roberts, Robertson from Liverpool. So who, who plays left-back and where does the other guy play? Well, Tierney's got a funny shirt number, hasn't he? Not, not 69 or whatever it is. I think he, wore, like, I think he plays further ahead of Robertson. So he, he's a more advanced player so. in the Scotland team. Okay, that would that would make Unless sense. Unless it's a Shilton Clements thing and they're alternating. Oh, is that going to play the indication he's not as good as uh, defending as we're all hoping? Well, I don't know. Like I say, we put a lot of lot of hope and expectation on the shoulders of both of them. That the one time they get skinned by an unknown winger, uh, <laughs> oh, we're doomed. We're doomed. We're doomed. We all we here. Uh, okay, so I mean, let's look at that uh, Sheffield United game now. On one level, it's a clean slate. I mean, it's a Monday after the return from the internationals. So everybody's got time to recover from their exertions. There's no rotation element whereby you just played last Thursday for us in the Cup 
and you're in the Premier League 11. It's a clean slate, really, in terms of the manager's selections. Um, so, who do you think is going... I mean, let's just assume Lacazette is fit, for starters, OK? Because There's lots are. of stuff on social media of him doing full training. He could well be fit for that game. Uh, so let's assume um, Lacazette is available for selection. Who would your starting 11 be at Sheffield United? Before we go into that... Um Torreira and Uruguay have got an extra game, which is either tomorrow or Thursday, so he won't be in the squad. So Torreira's not a contender? Unfortunately so. Right, well that, that more or less picks the midfield. Though. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, uh, there's only two questions, really, coming out of that then. The first one is who plays in the two centre-back positions. The other one is who uh, makes way for Lacazette. Will it be Pepe or Boyako Saka? I would imagine Lacazette will start on the bench uh, and I think Aubameyang and um, Saka and Pepe will be in the starting 11 uh, and Lacazette will come on um, you know in the second half at some point okay. that would be my guess right. yeah because he might be fit but he's not match fit yet, yes so, exactly uh, yeah. that would make sense uh, but he's the sort of player you know, he's Gary Lineker's favourite striker because he just sort of pops up, doesn't he? And he's not, he's not one of, he's not sort of a pacey player particularly, but he just, I always think of him as a sort of modern day Malcolm McDonald, you know, because he seems to walk around, then he'll just twist and turn and boom, it's in the back of the net, you know. Um, he's probably better than Malcolm McDonald, I should think, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, you mentioned Pepe, I mean, I, you know, my jury's still out on him. I know we've had players like Burkamp and Henri who took weeks and weeks uh, to, to before they started shining so you've got to give him a bit of um, bit of time he's obviously got class and he's obviously uh, but he's how old is he? Pepe mm. um, I think he's, he's 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 not even 25 yet, no, he's he? that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's quite, quite yeah. young right <laughs> still uh, of an age where my, my worry with him is that he won't release the ball he still feels like he needs to prove himself and get past another player which is the player where you lose the ball and then everything collapses so he needs to get that uh, that, that house in order I think uh, he's always got good feet but um, whether you know let's see my jury's out on him at the moment um, I, I don't know and, and, and what, what's, what's happening with Ozil the other well, we'll get to Ozil, but James he's not going to be starting at Bramble Lane that much, I can tell you. No, no. only since it's pissing down with rain and three degrees, you know, the conditions it definitely play. No, what, what's happened? Okay, we'll get to Ozil. We'll get to so, Ozil. Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, 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 I love Lacazette and Aubameyang together, yeah. you know, and then someone there feeding them, you know. Um, but I think Pepe's going through his settling in period, yeah. not only to the country, but the Premier League. Mm. Um, well, I, I don't watch much French football, but I think the Premier League's proper, probably quicker than an, uh, Lille versus Lorient yeah. on a Tuesday yeah. night. Exactly. Yeah. So. yeah, so he's got to get his pace going, get all that together. Uh, so maybe it's a bit unfair to him. And obviously, yeah. I mean, you know, I the, mean, I'm more than willing to be patient for yeah. now. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always in an advanced position. It's different. So we were just mentioning Tierney, a player like that. He's come on. He's played two games. And it's like he's hardly put a foot wrong. Yeah. But of course, it's a completely different position. Well, having said that, actually, he runs up the left wing, and Pepe usually seems to be hovering around the right. I'm wing. so glad that Tierney's first two games were Liverpool and Man City away. 
Well, there is oh, that. Oh, no, they weren't. They played fuck all at home. <laughs> there is that. There is that. That's the pertinent thing. That's true. Well, maybe he should have played Pepe against, you know, not Liverpool and Man City away. Yeah. <laughs> um, OK, so uh, and basically, regarding the central defence, uh, who is most under threat from the return to fitness of Rob Holding? Oh, Socrates. Socrates. Yeah, I would say so. He was the best of a bad bunch last season. Um, but I don't know what's happened. I mean, the one the one weird thing that existed last year was he was the quickest player in the first team squad. Remember that over over um, Socrates. Yeah, uh, I've read that on the website. He won the, the sprinting session, good or God. something like that. But he's lost that, and also the fact that he's so much. He's the only one of the few centre halves I know that if you look at him from ten yards, he falls over and hide, uh, holds his face and runs around. But yeah. he's, he's he's probably had his year, and uh, many thanks for that. But it's it's time now. Unfortunately, a lot of the goals <coughs> you've conceded, you turn around and there's Socrates. You know, um, it, it's not. It, yeah, well, I he's on I, his own, not marking someone. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's beyond thirty as well. Yeah, yeah, there is a point at that age when you start declining. However good yeah. you are. Yeah. Having said that, our other 30-plus centre-half, David Lewis, um, who yeah. was the best friend of which former Paris Saint-Germain manager when he was there. Very nice, yeah. Emery. Here we are. Right, uh, so we expect to see a holding David Lewis uh, partnership on Monday night? Oh, I, I think he's going to persevere with Socrates to start with because it's a Monday night away in rainy conditions in Yorkshire. Just refresh my memory where Holding was born. (laughs) Where was Holding born again? Oh, Bolton. Bolton. Bolton in Lancashire. Oh, yeah, wrong side at Penai. So, obviously, he can't play on a Monday night in Yorkshire. It's a lot to... No, no, it's his first game back, though, isn't it? His first full big game. No, no, well, he's played in the Cup games. He didn't go... Again, (laughs) as per Tioni Berry, they haven't played a proper team yet. You know, Monday night, away to Sheffield United. Look, if he, if he had like 10 games been fit since the start of the season, of course I'd play him. But in, in terms so of when team, are you going to start him? I was, I was trying to finish. It was going to be a, a, the next um, Saturday home game, I would have thought, which is uh, Wolves or it Palace. Or Palace. Palace. It's Palace. Come on, one of those games yeah. okay. I'll stick him on. I'll stick him on. But that's me. But, you know, I think... Um, yeah, he's played what? He's played Forest, Standard, Liège. Who else has he played? Holding, I think that's it. That's it. Yeah. Well, OK. They, they weren't great, admittedly. But that's probably because Holding was making them look bad. <laughs> no, I, I think we all know our long-term um, first-choice defence, probably by the end of the season. If With a, a gun to our head right now, we're looking at Bellerin, Tierney, Holding and A.N. Other. Could be Lewis, could be Chambers. But if we can't do that on Monday, because... You know, that's it's for strangers essentially. We've got to ease it in quite generally. Right. Okay, so you want the familiarity? Oh, I don't want to, that's the way it's going to go. <laughs> when he first joined, I actually read an article that said Rob Holding is a distant relative of John Terry, and as a result, was a Chelsea fan as a kid. No idea if it's true, but <laughs> seven degrees of separation. That's <laughs> all I will say. I'm guessing his dad was playing an away game when he was at Chelsea, so Terry had sex with his mother and became his father. That sounds like the story of John Lukic being in the Munich air disaster yeah. and the pregnant student. <laughs> Stewardess's um, surviving stewardess. Mark Holman had a bit removed. Yeah, we've we've all heard the same urban tales. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Right then, moving on uh, swiftly. Um, I'm going to go... Urban tales, sorry, got a... Go on. Harry Kane head-butting. Is it uh, Ericsson for shagging for Tongan's missus? Vice versa. 
yeah, or vice I mean, versa. Uh, yeah, well, it's been denied publicly by the players involved on Twitter. Yeah. And I think all with some kind of sense of humour, which indicates it probably didn't happen. Right. Because otherwise they wouldn't have made a joke about it. Or you know. they might be making a joke about it just to cover up the fact it did happen. I, don't, I just don't think they, they would have indulged it if it was true. But Certainly the offended party, put it that way. But still continue to ask top Tottenham players, uh, fans when you see them. You know, well done. Oh, by the way, sorry, uh, celebrity moment... Because yeah. we know we like a Hampstead High Street celebrity of moment. Loris walking down the road. Injured Loris. Uh, injured Loris with with a partner. Mm. Um, and his, his arm. Partner, presume, his arm presumably. Nothing bandaged. Nothing at all. Looked totally normal. And she she had his arm round his arm. Right. And and walking down past Cafe Nero. And I didn't say anything. Right. I was tempted to come out with ten goals in two games. Although <laughs> a couple of them weren't him, were they? Because he went off. Did you ask him to lift home? <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, oh, God, I didn't ask him trip. for anything. I didn't <laughs> no, ask so him you're for driving anything. Back, but normally, it's... oh right, well, after dinner, with, uh, dinner with Giroud and Koscielny. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 he did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. A bit like um, yeah, pr- pr- um, what's his name? Prince Thingamajig, Philip. Prince Philip. Phil the Greek. Right, okay. <laughs> now, uh, moving back to uh, matters from our listeners, John Jonathan Houseman, a regular uh, asker of questions, should our executive team? be allowing our head coach to marginalise Torreira in favour of Xhaka and mismanage Torreira to the extent he refuses to play him in front of the back four and protect the defence, which is his core strength. Um, I don't know if the executive team can actually say to the head coach, you've got to pick this guy over that guy. No, I don't. Uh, Once, you know, the executive team... Uh, starts telling uh, them head coach what the team selection should be you might as well sack the bloke yeah Um, I don't think you might as well have David Udo in as head coach (laughs) yeah it's not Uh, the same as when Arsene Wenger uh, well that that weird thing in the first four or five years of his time at this club Ozil got a three week injury over Christmas every single year Yes, you know, work contractually get obligations and everything. Mm. I mean, if it's one, it's Lucas Torreira, one of the three best players in Uruguay. I feel more sorry for Thomas Tuchel at Paris Saint Germain, who has to marry, uh, has to manage the incredibly lovely Neymar, who certainly does have does have more power than the, uh, the head coach does, not at all. But Torreira, uh, I, 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 quite right. Chaka keeps getting picked as the is the captain. Who I don't know the reasons. I'm only guessing he's got photo of, uh, photos of Emery with a woman who's not his wife. Well, to be fair, I can see why Zaka has been identified as, if you like, officer material and made the captain. You know, when you see him play, he does encourage, encourage the other players. I think he has the attributes to be a good captain. Where it falls short is that he wouldn't be in my starting 11 and probably not too many other people's either. But as far as captaincy skills, I could easily believe he's the best of a bad bunch. It's not the same as Test cricket, though, when you had the likes of Mike Brearley, captain of the England Test team. Couldn't really bat, but everyone's first choice yeah. genius in the world of cricket. Yeah. Um, did I read somewhere that this was, he was partially... Um, uh, a gazidis by the same way as Gabriel Palista was uh, in the sense it was bought on statistics 
um, in terms of like the the amount of passes he did or the possession he did um, freed space up, and that was what um, the team wanted at the time. Yeah. But I think I read that somewhere in the last few weeks. So he's bought a, a, like the film Moneyball, bought for stats rather than facts. Yeah. But yeah, and again, also, I mean, the problem with Shaka, I think, is that he his footballing uh, his all round footballing performances aren't up to it. Um, in my opinion, uh, lots of mistakes. He's a bit of a. He seems like a bit of a liability as a player. Now, not as a captain. Yes, he might have captaining skills. But if you don't have captaining skill, if you have captaining skills and you're not a great footballer, then frankly, you know, uh, yeah, you know, you um, don't really want that, do you? These days, I'm not so sure it's necessary for the main captain uh, to be in the team every week, though. So, yeah. Personally, I've got no problem with him being captain. Where I have the problem is in playing every single game. I have to say he's not as bad as some try to make out. You know, I don't think he's a bad player. You know, he can control the ball, he can pass it adequately. Um, you know, he, but he wouldn't be in my starting I'll, I'll beg to for differ. a big game. I think he's just too close to mediocre for Arsenal. I don't think he's good enough as a player. I wouldn't, as it, so I wouldn't start him. No, I wouldn't start. Well, exactly. So no, but I, I disagree with you in that. I think if you're going to have a captain, yeah, Tony Adams, Patrick Vieira. Now we're talking. Shaka. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't, they, they, it's, are there are there any of those captain <coughs> types still around? Though? You want a captain to lead by example, right? So, uh, all right. Moment, I'm, you, I'm thinking Jordan, Jordan Henderson. The last I could think was probably company at Man City last year. Right. Um, yeah. Who's yeah. the Man City captain? De Bruyne. Well, well, that's it. Who's the, who is yeah. the Man City captain? Who knows? Now? Who's the Man United captain? It's with Ashton Young, I suppose, isn't it? Yes, he is. is yeah. it? Um, yeah. So captain is Lloris. Yeah. Chelsea's captain. Who is? I've been looking at Aspilicueta. Chambers and Holding, and see, and, and and even Bellerin and Tierney, and seeing how they they come along this season. And at some point in the season, if one of them starts showing and say and saying, "Look, I'm leading by example here," and giving it the old "come on" and the, the fist in the the Tony Adams fist and a bit of that, uh, I prefer that to Shaka. But Don't that's I, it. That's an if and a but, of course. But, but I think he does that stuff. Maybe not as well as Tony Adams used to. Mm. But you know, he does all the encouragement of teammates stuff. He does. He just isn't Where good enough Where his problem is, yeah, um, you know, he doesn't need by example. Well, the five captains named by Emery, which is a bit of a joke because when Jacker plays, Jacker is the captain. So he might as well say, "This is the club captain, and that's it." Yeah. And when he doesn't play, you know, I mean, he else. writes the uh, program. He does. The captain's notes in the program. Yeah, so. I think it's ridiculous to have more than one captain. I think just have one captain. He's the captain. <laughs> yes. Why have loads of captains? All like, let's be. Well, the point nice being, he doesn't. He doesn't rotate it. So it's like, it's a bit artificial to me. The five captains are Xhaka, Ozil, Aubameyang, Lacazette and Bellerin. That's nonsense. You might as well have 11 captains. I mean, yeah, what, exactly. just have a captain. Yeah. You know, well, that, that's captain. the point. There is a captain. Yeah. He just won't say he's the captain. So, but why say the others are captains as well? It's, one it's one nonsense. Those, it's, it's very one, strange. Who's very your favourite child? I love, I love all my three boys mm. equally. As my mum said, this is Tony and Tony's brothers. This is a football team. You have one manager you have, or trainer. You have one captain. You know what I mean? You don't. What's the point? I mean, it's too many chiefs and not enough engines is what you're going to be having there. And, mm. and and it's important. I mean, look, if you look at the successful Arsenal teams of the past, 
we've had a captain, right? We've had the Tony Adams era and the Patrick Vieira era. Frank right? McClintock. Frank McClintock. Frank McClintock era. Now, Joe he was Mercer. A now, exactly. Now, they were captains, proper captains, mm-hmm. right? Now, all this kind of being nice and let's political correct captaincy, yes. let's make everyone a captain. I mean, it's bollocks. That's all it is. Sorry. Yes. I'm not sorry. Sort of. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to cover one of the other uh, of the captaincy group, um, just to just to put something to you. And it's it's Mesut Ozil. Um, but but he's a captain, so he's well, my he, pet well he's certainly worn the armband a few times. Um, my, I, have a, I have a theory. Um, I think Ozil could get back in the team if he was. I mean, the players are monitored in terms of they wear these devices which show how hard they're working. My theory on Ozil is that the principal reason that Emery has dropped him is because he's not putting in the hard yards. Because that's part of Emery's style. It's, it's the pressing and all that sort of stuff. So do you agree that Emery is not picking him because of the effort expended? Or is it underachievement in his creative play? Because he, he has played some decent passes when he has played. He was some, summed up in uh, the Europa League final, really. Uh, epitomised everything about him. The one game you have to, have to, have to step up, take to the set to. Actually, I mentioned that game. I'm not convinced he actually played. Oh, yes. He got substituted with 10 minutes to go for... Um, really? Yeah, that yeah. was it. Yeah, for, for, for basically, I, I was it. while he was on, stunk the place out. Yeah. 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 And yeah. he stunk the place out because of his lack of effort or his lack of ability to thread a pass through? Oh, sorry, sorry, it's a certain uh, lack of effort. Yeah, lack of effort. And, you know, I, I can understand what you're saying about, you know, he's not putting the yards in to get a place because Emery likes that. And I think it's good that he likes that. You know, players should work hard. Um, and Ozil isn't doing so. Um, you know, he's way past his best and I think it's time it would be beneficial for him and the club for him to move on in January. I think it's safe to say he's below his pay grade. <laughs> well I don't think anyone would argue with that. Do you think do you think he will appear for Arsenal again? Oh, in yeah, any I, competition? Yes he will in you know, cups and you know, maybe a come on in uh, as a sub in the premiership. But yeah, I firmly believe he got 350 grand a week because um, the club had just lost Sanchez and they didn't feel they could lose Ozil at the same time or more or less at the same time. So they paid Ozil more or less whatever he wanted, be that 350 grand a week. Um, And as a result, we're stuck with him if until the end of his contract, unless we pay the proportion of his salary that any new club isn't willing to pay. Mm. Uh, So he's going to be on the Arsenal payroll in some sort of way until his contract expires at Arsenal. Finger syndrome, isn't it? I mean, you had that with the likes of Bentner, um, players like that in the early 2010s, whereby... Wenger would give them another four-year contract out of uh, sheer um, trust in, in their um, in their potential. And Bentner changing his squad number for 52 to reflect his, his earnings, allegedly, and things like that. But, I mean, when we sit on loans to the likes of Sunderland and Juventus, even, we're paying a proportion of that because, you know, contractually, contractually obliged to. Hmm. 
Okay. So. Bad business by our former CEO, mm. who has done a wonderful yeah. job at AC Milan, who I think is seventh this year. I've just appointed a new manager, who the, uh, the fans were in the, in the process of rioting uh, about, but Gazidis was praising himself because he's rescued AC Milan from bankruptcy. Yeah. I mean, when our CEOs are on the pitch these days, it looks to me as though he's semi-retired and he is thinking that he is as well. Right. Okay. Well, <clears throat> looking at that uh, position, if you like, uh, we've got a question from Simon Rose, regular Guna contributor. Ceballos, Danny Ceballos, has made it clear that he intends to be back at Real Madrid next season. So Arsenal will still need to replace Ramsey's impact next summer. Who would the panel target? And what do they make of Aston Villa's McGinn, who scored twice against Arsenal recently? This is also a partial plug for Simon's article on the Guna website today, um, espousing the uh, virtues of McGinn and saying we should sign him. Um, but effectively, we're going to have an Ozil stroke Ceballos shaped hole for a creative midfielder uh, next summer and we'll need to fill it somehow. Well, it certainly won't be John McGinn. Um, I've never seen him and Charlie Adam in the same room. (laughs) I'm sure he's had a a great start from a fantasy uh, football league point of view in his first year at Villa. But Charlie Adam was so good, he was Kenny Dalglish's first signing as Liverpool manager who went back there. Um, So that's a no. Do we we need a proper number 10? Absolutely. We haven't got anyone doing the the key through balls, although some are saying the long-term aim for that is Emile Smith-Rowe. Although I forgot the guy seems to have um, Wilshireitis or Bendyitis or something in his, in his ankles. But um, the, the, I'm sure the papers will say Mad- Madison of Leicester, but to use his own, um, um, his own hobbies, I bet we don't buy him. Hmm. OK. Um, any other thoughts, gents, or just wait and see? Yeah, I'll just wait and see. I can't, I can't off the top of my head think of anyone, uh, apart from like, you know, big mega clubs and uh, Galacticos uh, who aren't going to come to us right now. Um, Unfortunately, uh, players of that ilk. Um, God, you know, there's the whole of Europe to look at. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm, I, We've got our scouting network, let's see what they dig up. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's yeah. kind of it, really. I mean, you, you, you want a Pires <coughs> or a Bergkamp, but I mean, you know, let's keep dreaming. Well, I, I mean, if you... Julian Draxler is heartbroken that Wenger's no longer manager, <laughs> oh, still can't get into PSG. Team. If you're looking at the perfect candidate, from within England is Madison, but as you, you said, we won't get him. Um, so uh, we've got a, a contribution from Nick Cowan on Facebook. He says, how long do you give it before Gabriel Martinelli is wearing a Barcelona or Real Madrid shirt? Um, mm. Now, obviously, he's, he's impressed so far when he's, uh, he's been given the start. Uh, he scored four goals in two games. Um, we played five million for him, I think, something like that. Yeah, something yeah. cheap, yeah. I mean, the way I look at that myself is that there's a, a buy potential and a sell at a premium policy, for the, certainly for the um, short term, um, as we try to rebuild. How long is this contract for? I'd imagine they gave him a fairly long one because yeah. they wouldn't have been paying him a fortune. Yeah, because you know I would like to see it extended before he you know is a absolute first choice first team regular. 
mm. um, you know, get him get him signed up and uh, then play it by ear. Right. He had know. two great performances in cup matches and, and, and looked okay in pre-season as well, but it's got me thinking of uh, Quincy Awuzu Abey, who was yeah. outstanding in um, uh, a couple of um, Rumblows Cup, whatever it was called back then, and uh, got like three or four games in the league, but it was just a completely different level. Yeah. Martinelli yeah. looked all right when he came on at the weekend. but um, I, mean, I think he looked... The fact is, he still has it all to do to mm. prove himself. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, how old is he? 18, I think, really. Yeah. He's I mean, very young, but I mean, I mean, seeing him against Forrest, I, I, did, I was sort of... Mm, but yeah. the headed goal. Yeah, no, listen, good, good goal. And, and his goals, goals against, was it standard league? Liège. Liège. Yeah. Uh, I mean, fantastic. He looked, suddenly looked really good. Again, you know, as, same as with Tierney, uh, you know, lesser opposition. Um, and, and, yeah, look, he, he's, he's come good, but he, it's too early to tell whether yeah. he's kind of the real deal or not. Um, time will tell, again. Uh, he does seem to pop up, though, and I'll tell you what, those finishes are really good, so... Well, if you remember, um, the, the Emirates Cup about three years ago, we won 8-0 and this Yaya Sonogo scored four in a game. He was red hot. 8-0? Yeah, well, Are you it. serious? Well, OK. It was the game when he scored three. I think it was, yeah, we beat Benfica about 5-0, I think, and he got four of them. Mm-hmm. Yaya Sonogo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the um, of love child of Marouan Chamak, anyhow. Marouan Chamak. As there's not been too much recent football to discuss... Um, Let's have a look at our top six rivals for a change and just discuss what, what we think is going on. <laughs> the obvious one to start with is Manchester United. Now, United have money, OK? They've got the highest wage bill by some way. Um, it's not happening, though, is it? Any theories? What's wrong? Ole Gunnar Solskjaer getting the job. That would be the same if um, when Emery goes, we don't uh, extend his contract for a year. We give Tony Adams six months just to try and keep it steady. And for some reason, Tony's unbeaten in those in those months. And we give him a 327-year contract. And it turns out, no, he is actually Tony <laughs> Adams. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's Solskjaer. Yeah. Bad appointment. Think, so you yeah. think it's definitely just all down to the, the, the manager? Yeah. I think. Well, having said that, I mean, that Pogba as well. I mean, I don't know if any of you have seen the, the movie Mean Girls about gangs, uh, different gangs in schools of, uh, of high school girls and everything. That's what it appears to be like at Manchester United with Pogba. He's yeah. like, what know, what he, happens in Mean Girls, David? Um, it's it, a bunch of high school girls all bitching about each other. So basically, the players are all egos and they're not a team. Absolutely, abs- yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I think Solskjaer was a bad appointment. And I'm delighted because I have a pathological hatred of Manchester United. <laughs> um, pathological. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, <laughs> Pogba is a bad influence, but I also think they've got a lot of fairly ordinary players as well. Um, so yeah, hence yeah. why the egos. One, one yeah. could uh, and question. I would think they have to spend an absolute fortune uh, to get back to where they were under Ferguson. Yeah, I'm a bit disappointed we didn't beat them, you know, mm. because I mean yes. they were there for the taking, and we we paid you know the old Trafford thing too much respect maybe, and I don't know, um, you know, again we we yeah, yeah I'm pleased we got 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 a result there. But, uh, yeah, I think we could have beaten them, which is a pity. But anyway, moving on. 
Well, the next team uh, to discuss is our noisy neighbours. <laughs> now, I mean, they made the Champions League final last season. There was a point, probably about two and a half months before the end of the season, where they were actually in contention to win the Premier League. Yeah. Um, Things were looking very much on the up. New I was stadium. <laughs> I mean, this looked like a team, a club going places. Suddenly, <laughs> it doesn't seem so bad from this, this side of the Seven Sisters Road. What's gone wrong? An awful London team uh, spends an awful lot of money on a brand new stadium. And uh, the manager is being begged to stay by the CEO uh, and being given you know, as, as much free will as he wants to. However, we've got a very limited budget. And if anyone comes in with a nine-figure offer of one of our big-name players, they're going. And it looks a bit like Groundhog Day when we move to the Emirates, to be honest. I mean, having said that, Pochettino seems to have just lost interest. Awful lot of chat about him getting the Manchester United job when Solskjaer, that guy who failed at Cardiff and back in uh, Norway with Mulder, was just like a... You know, just in the caretaker seat, ends up taking it. You get the impression Pochettino was a bit, oh, oh well, well, maybe I'll just try and win the Champions League with this slot and go on the big German clubs or something like that, but they've lost to Liverpool. And it's like, oh, I think they just, start again, haven't they? I think they just forgot they were Tottenham and now they've remembered they're Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, oh, let's... shit, we're Tottenham. Wheels off. Right, there you go. There was a brilliant thing going on social media recently. This, there's two Tottenham fans, brothers, obviously, you know, at the Bayern match. And if, you, if um, listeners probably saw it, some of them, if you didn't, try and find it. This Tottenham fan, he's commentating the game as it's 6-0. And then at that point, Bayern scored the seventh. And, and, and this, his mates are going, fucking hell, Tottenham, fucking hell. And he's freaking, and it's just comedy gold. It's just wonderful to watch. It's on yeah. Twitter somewhere. If you get a chance to see it, do, because, oh, it was lovely. <laughs> But I have a couple of friends, um, well, I have more friends than that who are Tottenham, but a couple of them would be perfectly happy to see Harry Kane sold. Uh, you know, they'd get an absolute fortune for him, and they tell me he's no longer producing week in, week out in the same way that he was last season before that. So. I think there's another thing, is that, it's funny, when you had major teams in the 70s, like, I don't know, Liverpool, you know, Toshak, Keegan, they had that team that just went on and on and on and on, right? Um, these days, if you don't invest and buy new players, yeah. it's like you start slipping. And Tottenham didn't, they haven't really, they, you know, because they had Song, they had Kane, Fatongan, uh, sorry, not Fatongan, Ericsson, uh, uh, some good players, yeah. and, and, and gelling well and working well, but they never really added to it last season it just sort of that, that was kind of them peaking you know. I don't know if you watched Match of the Day but um, I can't remember if it, was, it might well have been the last one um, they compared the number of Tottenham players that have been there an awful long time mm. compared they, I think they compared it to Man City and Liverpool the number of players there for a long time at City and Liverpool was pretty small yeah. uh, with Tottenham there were loads of them and I think Gary it was Gary Lineker who actually said perhaps they've gone stale or words to yeah, that effect yeah. well so, the players like look they've been players there for years like Danny Rose has been there forever yeah exactly you know I mean? they've only brought in one player they paid a lot of money for the central midfielder in the summer I think but I, I, mean, you know, I, I, I did love watching Danny Rose's face when when Bayern Munich were just 
He was so unhappy. Yeah. You know, a, a turnover of players is a good, healthy thing. Yeah. You yeah. know, two or three players every year, move them on, gain mm. replacements. Yeah, it's sort of perfectly, yeah, yeah freshen things up. Mm. Well, that, and long may it continue that they don't, is all we can say, because, I've, I, you know, oh, just, it's just nice to have, you've got to enjoy these moments, haven't you? Because we've had a couple of bad years with Tottenham. Tottenham, yeah. you know, unbelievably actually coming above us. Um, I don't like to even bring it up. Uh, that would be, you know, this is our, I think our first step now is to redress that balance and get business as, as usual on that front because I don't want to be carrying on like that much. I had to give a Tottenham fan 10 quid this year and I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> right. um, let's uh, move to another part of London. What do we make of the uh, Frank Lampard experiment at Chelsea? I think he's got kind of lucky, call it silly, that he's, he's joined the club with this, what, two or three transfer window ban in the sense he's going and warning everyone that we all know this team's rubbish, so there's nothing I can do about it, just have to bear with me. And he only had a couple of iffy results to start with, but now he's, he's playing a lot of young players uh, who have already forced themselves into the England squad, players like Mason Mount, um, Tammy Abraham, who was quite average on loan, um, uh, was it Swansea last season, or wherever he was? Um, anyhow, but wasn't top of the world. Um, and uh, Corey did the centre-half, and lo and behold, they're turning out they're actually... That they're starting the Premier League really quite well, so mm-hmm. I don't like the guy. Um, Hudson Odoi is a good player. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I, I think it's. I mean, you, say you don't like Frank Lampard. Well, I, don't, I don't like him. But well, he's well, the job. funny thing is that's what annoys me most is that I think he's quite likable, and he doesn't. I, I, I actually have nothing. I think Frank Lampard seems like a very nice chap. I hate to say it. Ask his ex-wife. And I don't like to see. <laughs> well, that might be a different thing. I'm about living with him, but. but um, <laughs> I'd much rather see a complete bastard like Mourinho at Chelsea than someone I can sort of, you know, when, when he's doing the match of the day after match talk. And it's sort of like, oh, he's all right. You know, it's sort of, that, that's, I, 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 I want to despise Chelsea. I don't like liking them. And he, he just seems like a sort of affable kind of London guy. You know what I mean? He's sort of too, li- too likeable. He's not me. full of himself. He's not full of himself. And I think, he, I think he's probably a, a good man manager in that way. The team respects him. And I think he's, They'll play for him, mm. and, uh, and and Chelsea have, after a very wobbly start, they seem to have kind of risen up like some sort of bubble in a glass of Guinness that sort of found its way, yeah, finding its Ch- way up to the little white bit at the top. Chelsea have had a very good youth system for quite some years now, mm. and Lampard, with uh, the transfer ban that you mentioned, has had to start using it, mm. uh, and it's working. Yeah. Remember exactly. we used to sing Big Fat Frank? I, don't, I never mm. quite got it. You must have put well, a bit of weight on what, the, one weekend. Early on, he was a bit chubby. Oh, yeah. right, OK. Yeah. Um, so we're a point behind Manchester City. Come. Do you think that's going to last? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's safe to say that they, or maybe the owners, have told uh, Guardiola that it's about the Champions League now. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah, but having said that, they do need a central defence. Oh, I mean, absolutely, they could, yeah. Presumably they can get these guys back from injury before but They February. don't go out to lose a Premiership game either. And with those players on that pitch, you know, they've had a, re- a really bad start to the season for them. Mm. Uh, and which, you know, is quite a phenomenal. But look, if you've, it's always the same. You win the league and like to do it again, you know. To, there's something about that. I mean, it's, it almost feels like Liverpool's already, doesn't it? Um, but they did, they did retain the title last season, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Well, I think Kevin's completely right. I mean, you don't, what you've got to it's gone, and Laporte is a better centre half than people give credit for. 
because it was him who was playing next to the likes of Stones and Otamendi and people thought were uh, and um, uh, an almost dead on his feet company. Um, but you think, you know, they must be a really, really good pair. But Laporte, Laporte goes away. You see the real Otamendi. Um, turns out that John Stones is actually really bad at football. And aside from that, they're having well, to play... Well, even Stones is injured now, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, they're about to play Fernandinho, the best defensive midfielder at centre-half. Yeah. I mean, we get to do that a couple of times with Gilberto. And well, I just realised he was a great defensive midfielder, but centre-half is a different position. Well, like Tottenham, they've probably got, they've had the same crew there for a bit now. And prob- there's a little bit of stale- staleness coming in there. I mean, uh, watching a couple of their, their front two, um, you know, they get, they started missing things. They're not they're not doing doing the stuff they were. Um, they're just well, a did, bit they did, Who did they beat eight 0 Was it Watford? Watford. Yeah. 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 I mean, so sometimes they, well, they get still it right. got, yeah. I mean, they still got it in their locker. But uh, and obviously, look, they might they might they might come back. How many points are Liverpool ahead? Eight. Eight points. Eight points. Listen, remember the times I think we came back, was it 10 well, or 11 points we, from Man, Man City? Man still have to play. Enough, we've got seven months Man yet. City still have to play Liverpool twice. Was it, was it? We were behind Man. What was it? We were 10 points behind Man or was it 11? I can't remember. So in October, we've got seven months. Yeah. yeah. But uh, to be honest, I would rather City win it than Liverpool. Yeah, I find Liverpool oh, yeah. fans insufferable. Yeah, yeah. You know, they are so full of... You know, if they win the league again, I'm they sure will be so mutual. full of themselves. <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't think Arsenal fans have got, the, got, a, got a reputation of being, being the most... Because when we were good, I mean, we were cocky bastards as well. I mean, <laughs> you know, and I, I think, look, to be fair to Liverpool, they are... Look, they're still at Anfield. They're a proper football club, Right. However much I don't particularly be, I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not a Liverpool fan, but, you know, that the fact that they're a proper old English football club in Anfield, there's something about Liverpool that I wouldn't begrudge them winning the league. I, I, I wouldn't. I, in fact, I, I'd rather they win it than City, because, you know, City's just a load of money just chucked in and boom like that. You know, Liverpool have built themselves up, and they've gone through some very lenient, having been, like, the, in the 60s and 70s, they were the dogs, right? Um... And somehow they've still won the, the European Cup repeatedly, even when they've kind of been in the wilderness. They pop up and, you know, that, that oh, was it Inter Milan, the 4 3, 3 0 down, 4 3. I mean, they, they, you know, love them or loathe them, they are quite good value for the neutral, uh, I think. And, yeah, and at the moment, they're, just, they're playing amazing football. And I <laughs> yeah. think Klopp, I've got to say, Klopp, you know, he. Well, he, we could have had him. That's all we could Solskjaer, say. We he? could have had him. He's, he's the antithesis of Solskjaer, as in that guy, he can motivate players, he gets them going. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's done wonders there. So I know you've probably got old, old, uh, you know, you don't, <laughs> you're pathological about Man U and you're probably psychotic about Liverpool. Yeah. But, but um, I, I mean, to be honest with you, given the choice, maybe it's because I'm a Beatles fan, so I just sort of go, all right, Liverpool. You know what I mean? That's that. I've got a little soft spot for the city, maybe. Well, to be honest, it was my feelings towards Man United that always gave me a soft spot about City. Yeah, I've never liked Manchester <laughs> at all, in any way, shape or form. That's the thing. I mean, I've gone up there a couple of times and it's like, what am I doing here? I don't get it. Sorry, sorry, good Mancunian friends. I know we've got Arsenal fans up there as well. Yes, um, we have. There's yeah. a yeah. Man- uh, Manchester, Manchester yeah. uh, Arsenal supporters yeah, club. That's right. yeah. And well, well done then, they're braver than I am. Well, it's been pointed out to me that uh, were it not for their defeat at Man City in the league last season, they would have uh, broken Arsenal's 49-match unbeaten record, 
Um, so yes, thank goodness for that. Yeah. But do we see the Invincibles' record under threat? I mean, you know, they've had eight games so far and won the lot. All I know is I'm a massive Man United fan this weekend. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Ollie. <laughs> no, so, I mean, someone's got to beat Liverpool. How long have they gone unbeaten, Liverpool? Well, I guess it's probably about uh, something like 19 games. Well, it's a long way to go. Yeah. It only takes, I'm only guessing takes that. one. Yeah. You know, it'll be some unlikely toe. Probably be, it could be, you know, Watford or someone. You know, they just uh, they they walk out with their high heels. On well, the, the Premier League is actually more difficult now than it was in 2004 because of the increased amount of money available to those clubs below the very top level. So, are you United playing Liverpool this weekend? Yeah. yeah. In that case, it breaks my heart to say. It's a game I actually want Man United to win. Goodness me, Bernard. <laughs> as long as they win 14 3, six pleasers, players are sent off, Virgin Van Dyke breaks both his arms, then football is the winner. <laughs> right, let's uh, move on to a couple of questions. Pathology versus psychosis. <laughs> <laughs> is it at Anfield or at um, Tra- Old Trafford? I've no idea. No. Although at one stadium in the north of a team that plays in red that's full of wankers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, so we've got a question from um, uh, Neg, or at, at It's Just Neg on Twitter. Um, is it only me, or does the thought of an Arsene Wenger autobiography coming out so soon fill you with fear? I was so emotionally invested, I, needed a, <laughs> I need a clean break of at least 10 years before I can think about him and his legacy on a rational level. And we've got another one from Mr. Lancaster on Twitter. Arsene Wenger autobiography to be released next year. Which juicy topics would you like to be covered? Discuss. So uh, do you think this is going to be a book which is going to grip us or um, is Arsene going to just keep his cards close to his chest? Look, I was massively anti-Wenger. You know, I wanted him sacked for a long while before he eventually left. When he left, I was absolutely delighted. Uh, It'll take me quite a long time uh, to actually look back on Wenger's era in the fairest possible sense. At the moment, um, I see his hybrid years as fantastic. Not everything was great during them. Uh, and I think his em- I see his Emirates years as verging on disastrous. Although, again, it's fair to say not everything during his uh, Emirates years were terrible. But I became so anti him. Uh, you know, we were discussing Emery earlier. Arsenal could appoint Jack the Ripper as its new coach, head coach, and I would rather that than Wenger. You know, I, I've just got this... Well, hang on. Anti- Are you going to be reading this book, though? <laughs> no, I won't. Right. That's I, all right. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll differ on that one. Um, um, uh, our old friend, Laith Youssef of Ars- uh, Guna Television might be listening. Guna Fanzine Guna TV. Fanzine TV, watch it now. Um, and, and I mean, I, I had a little Twitter spat with him over when, when Wenger had the, the au revoir uh, at, the, uh, at, at the stadium and it was the goodbye. And I was actually in Spain watching it and feeling quite emotional because unlike you, I, I, I didn't, I, 
No, I, don't, I don't feel, I, don't, I wasn't anti-Wenger, I just thought his time had come and I thought that you know, the time was coming and coming and coming and it never, never seemed to come. Yeah. Uh, but, but I don't hold that against the man in any way because what he did for the club was fantastic and I, I've had my best years as an Arsenal fan um, apart from you know, the Graham years as well, I've had some great times with George Graham, and he, even you know, well, the eighties was hard work most of it. Um, but uh, so actually, I mean, I felt very emotional, and I tweeted, you know, au revoir Arsenal, some kind of thing like that. And then Leith was a bit upset because I'd criticised Wenger in the past, right? Um, but I've never hold, held it against him personally, and I always think I, th- I was just. He's got every right to... He's, what's he doing now? He's twiddling his thumbs a bit and he's going to write an autobiography. I mean, um, what will be interesting is how he uh, reports his departure and the leading up and his feelings towards the fans and vice versa and that whole thing. What was going on the last five years, certainly. You know, it was tense. You know, um, there were a lot of fans saying Wenger out and like yourself. And, and I, I got, you know, got to a point where I realised, look, he ain't... Ain't just cutting it anymore, unfortunately. But I I do feel that uh, I had such a good time under him. I mean, we had it was Arsenal heaven. It was hybrid. Can I just drop Highbury Sunshine? You know the the song I wrote, Highbury Sunshine, uh, which was still available on iTunes. Highbury Sunshine, if you look it up. Uh, And and we were in that. We were in like heaven. You know, and so few people get that. During the Highbury years, I would agree with you, but I can't agree with you about the, his Emirates years. And for me... Well, no, I agree you know, with you. He was, he was, wasn't good the Emirates years. about, oh, yeah. you know, he once turned that down Real Madrid or wherever it was. Uh, that shows his loyalty. I am thoroughly convinced that he stayed with Arsenal because he was given so much power by the board. Um... And I think he he's a textbook megalomaniac to be Well, no, I, I think that's unfair. And, uh, well, I, the only because... I, I think he's power mad and he no. loved the control I, he no. had at Arsenal. No, I don't think that there's a human think being he would alive. give up that well, I don't think to it... go to somewhere like Real Madrid where he'd have a lot less power. I remember well, he got really, really arsy um, towards the end of his... T- uh, I think it was his penultimate season... And they were talk of us getting a director of footballing. Yeah, and he yeah. was asked about that over a Friday press yeah, conference. That's right. yeah. Like that. yeah, but that's the right. thing is, look, the, the, the thing is, all, all, the, all the criticisms you can have against Wenger, a lot of it was out of his hands. Leaving Highbury, right? Those, those was it 10 years at Highbury he had? You know, that was always going to be a wreck. It was like losing an arm or losing, losing all your limbs going for, for a short period of time. That what we had at Highbury was so special, and to go off on, on the way we did. I mean, the, the sense started going at Highbury already, our playing time. I remember we were only just, you know, the, the, uh, the dodgy bellies, Tottenham and all that. We only just were getting into fourth place, right? So we weren't, we'd, we'd stopped being the all-conquering, double-winning Arsenal Wenger Arsenal already, and we were on the slide at Highbury. So, but then to move to this new stadium and Tottenham are experiencing it now, even though they haven't actually moved, they've just sort of built it up or whatever. There's something that happens there. The, the soul of the club changes. And so... But hang on a minute. I've got to, I've got to intervene here. Yeah. That stadium was effectively designed by Arsene in terms of the facilities. 
Right. So he basically created the conditions he wanted to work in, and he loved that. Yes. So I don't... I I accept on one level it was a wrench to leave Highbury, but I think for Arsene personally, it's actually quite exciting. Oh, but what it was taking away from was if he's doing that, he's project manager for a stadium as well, that's going to be taking energy away from you working with the team, right? I agree. So, so uh, yeah, and, and in that sense, yes, maybe he just thought he could take on too much. They'd given him this carte blanche. But, you know, as an Arsenal fan or anyone, anyone in that position would probably do the same thing. You just go, wow, this is great. I can do whatever I like with my favourite team. Yeah, the, 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 I mean, the best thing is, what we're all talking about, we're relying on speculation that we've heard from other Arsenal fans, that we've read in newspapers, that we've heard from Sky Sports as an exclusive. The best thing about this is we get to hear from the horse's mouth himself. The saddest thing is he's going to be subject to his confidentiality agreement he he signed when leaving the club in 2018. So we want to know, we're going to read some bitchy stuff about how much he didn't like Gazidis, about how much he loved David Dean, and maybe a rough outline of his thoughts and these rumours of when uh, when David Dean did get the sack and he was thinking about resigning and going with David Dean, whatever. We can't hear the whole truth. But we get to hear something from the horse's mouth himself rather than Sky Sports sources or whatever. Mm, yeah. So everything we've discussed, look, I, I really hope an awful lot of tr- is true. It, it really is, but I'm looking forward to reading it. I'll put it that way. Well, I think I, mean, I had the pleasure of meeting him once at uh, Martin Keown's testimonial dinner, right? And the guy's a gentleman. I mean, he was a very nice guy. Didn't know me from Adam, and I just sort of approached him with a tape of Arsene Wenger on bass, right? A cassette tape. And this, oh, it wasn't, it was a CD actually. And this, and this red coat got in the way, so oh, get out of the way, mate, you can't, you know. And, and, and Wenger just sort of, sort of went to it, no, no, this is all right. And uh, he took it and he said, thank you very much. And he was very gracious, very nice person. You could tell that. And, and the fact that he did that, you know, didn't sort of disappear off in the distance. And I think that, you know, he's obviously an intelligent man. He's obviously someone who loved the club. And, and did everything he could for it. Unfortunately, it just slipped out of his hands the last 10 years. And maybe he took on too much with the new statement, all the other oh, stuff. Really? It was just too much. There's only so much one person can do. And whether which, that's megalomania or sort well, of a greed... Of, I was yeah, going to say, it fits in with textbook megalomania, doesn't it? You mm. know, he took on so much because he likes the control. He enjoys it, it was power. No, You have to be a bit of an addict in order to push something through and win loads of double, to win the double in your first year and get on all this kind of he was an obsessive and that's why they did all that stretching and all that all the, the yeah, but in those days he was focused entirely on the team yeah and he was yeah. younger and he was and it was all new and it was a you know and so it it just it was what it was you know and it, it I mean it's history now anyway but you, you could blame him but um I I don't know. I mean, would anyone else do anything different in his shoes with his ability? Well, to I think, his... I think, for example, I've heard a story that uh, when there's such things as as literally electrical problems at the stadium, uh, repair work had to be signed off by Arsenal. Yeah, but look at Brian <laughs> Clough. He went round painting the doors. You know, Brian Clough would go around bloody well touching up bits of the, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's, that, you've got to be that sort of obsessive well, to look be a how, successful manager. Look how Brian ended up. Anyway, well, there you are. Yeah, that's on true. that note, uh, a, special, run. a special moment here. <laughs> I've actually received the Arsenal membership pack through the post and uh, I have not opened it. 
<laughs> because I thought I'd save it for this moment, just so to get a, a recorded reaction and see this what the is panel is. Like it is brilliant. A bit. So I'm now taking it out of the white box. It's red. To I can see what's red. going on. So we've got uh, a nice A4 sized cardboard box. Quite slender though. With a sticker, I'm going to have to uh, unpeel. I love, the f- I love the fact it says always ahead of the game, but we are two months <laughs> into the season. <laughs> but well, it, also, it used to be it a traditionally tin. comes off late. Yeah. Well, only in the very early. Days. It used to be a tin. Thing, it's now cardboard. Oh, he's got a hat. So oh, here we are, Jeff. Beano, here we are. Beano. Oh, now opening, we've got a Beano Arsenal hat, which I will say is loud. It has a Croatian <laughs> flag on the top half of it, which is a bit. We've got iffy. the classic uh, handbook, as ever. Uh, so does fine. The handbook, That's good. Uh, absolute staple of the membership pack. Okay, what's this little um, wallet? So hang on, I've got this here. Twenty percent off a stadium tour. Okay, yeah, well, that's a little. Uh, I'll tell you what, voucher. I did a stadium tour about 18 months ago with Charlie George. Yes. I cannot recommend it highly enough. Fascinating. There we are. Okay. So there's, the there's, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no is bottle this opener. A power bank. It's yes, a power it's bank, isn't it? Recharging You've got your a phone. power bank. Oh my god, that is oh. bad. I'll take that. What's that for? Recharging the phone? When yeah. you're on the move. Yes. Oh, well, that's the better than is, a bottle opener. The thing is, at the end, as soon as 90 minutes is up, the announcer's going to tell you, your phone charger has three minutes. Three minutes. Yeah. So, so that's the modern day bottle opener, isn't it? It that's, certainly that's is. Yeah. It certainly is. So, it's got the uh, Arsenal crest on it. It's a sleek whoa. black colour. Yeah. And it's got, hang on, what's that? It's a bit James Bond. But how do you, where's the thing that you plug into the phone? There's a little um, knobby Android sort of. No, no, it's not a knob. Look, look, I'll show you. Maybe it doubles as a so light. basically, basically well. um, there. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. So what else has it got? That's it. That's What's it. that? What's that thing there? Is that just a picture? That's just that's just, oh, just background. Oh, that's it. So not a lot, really. Well, I mean, I mean you get basically a handbook, a bubble bubble hat, and a um, charger. A charger, charge. which David is rapidly trying to destroy. Well, I mean, yeah, I'll destroy my own. Bubble <laughs> <laughs> charger is nice, but it also has this nice. Um, yeah, well, okay, it's just got that bit of kind of... Oh, and 20% part, off the stadium tour. Yeah. It's not as good as the one... The last one I got was ages ago. Though. Well... It's not as quite as chunky. No, they been, used to be really used good. Yeah, really good. Uh, yeah. But the phone charger yeah, is a very... Do you remember thing. the one year they didn't give you a box of any sort, but a, um, a, a wash bag? It wasn't oh, I think you brought yours with you. Yes. yes. There we are. <laughs> and that was the membership pack uh, container. Uh, I don't know how many years ago that was, but I always thought if you're keeping them on the shelf, it wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't just go right, would it? Well, oh, the, the worst one was 2011 when they gave us an Ivorian guy called Javinho. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> it costs basically ten pounds on your silver membership if you want the pack. That's, oh, that's the, oh, they uh, charge extra for That's it, that's right. what it costs. So anyway, uh, after that excitement, uh, it's time to <laughs> call an end to this uh, this affair, and it's Guna plug time. And the latest issue um, will be on sale at the forthcoming home games against Palace, Victoria, Guimaraes, and Wolves as well as outside away games from the ever-reliable Alex. You can also buy copies through our store page on the online Guna website or subscribe there to receive all of the remaining issues this season. I'm being urged to give a plug, so I'm going to hand over to the man himself to advertise a gig. Yes, a gig which uh, I'm, I'm singing, the voice of Highbury Sunshine, if you remember it, or ooh, ooh, Tony Adams, or even the Arsenal rap. Actually, I didn't sing the Arsenal rap, someone else did, but I wrote it. 
Ridiculous, my new band will be playing at the Dublin Castle, very much an Arsenal band, apart from the drummer who's a top of um, but otherwise we're Arsenal. And uh, yes, we're at the Dublin Castle on the 23rd of October, doors at 7.15pm. It's a fiver to get in, so come on down Wednesday the 23rd of October, that's Wednesday week. For those of you not aware, the Dublin Castle is in Camden Town. Um, as ever, a reminder that you can contact us regarding anything to do with the podcast via Twitter, at Guna Podcast, an email, gunapodcast at gmail.com. Many thanks for the questions and topics submitted for today. With that, it is goodbye from Bernard. Goodbye. David. Goodbye. And Mr. Goldstein. Auf Wiedersehen. We'll be back in November with another monthly edition. And for those that can't wait, you can follow the more regular offerings hosted by Leif Youssef on our YouTube channel, Guna Fanzine TV. So this is your host saying goodbye. And thanks for listening. La-di-da-di-da, la-di-da-di-dee, all good friends and jolly good company. Well, hey!